When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To me, empowerment, self-empowerment and stuff, especially in dating, it's not about never being rejected. It's not about never being broken up with. It's about actually caring about what you need. Like that's what empowerment is. Welcome back. We're not for everyone. I'm Jess. That's Caroline. We're a lover and a hater. At it again. 60 episodes, bitch. What you got for Whoa. me today? <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't clock the 60. Yeah. it's That means 69 is coming up, which... That's literally exactly what I was going to say, which is why neither of us ever left sixth grade. <laughs> uh, that is Where so we felt sad. First fell a... in love. <laughs> I've been thinking about episode 69 for so long, and I'm like, like I'm, I have not thought... I didn't put much thought into like our one-year anniversary episode. I didn't put... <laughs> You, you've already started keeping notes on like what we should do for our 100th episode. All I've been thinking about for weeks is episode 69 and how are we going to ring it in? What know. are you going to bring? <laughs> well, you have to have something from all of your, from all of your planning. I thought you were or... saying from all your 69 <laughs> Do you have ideas? Should we like give some options to the team for feedback? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I famously hate 69ing. For the most As part, do I. Uh, I am and, way too lazy to do that. Yeah, I don't enjoy planking, so that's kind of the end of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. May- maybe it'll be a sex episode. Some people love our sex episodes. A lot of people hate them. <laughs> it's so strange to me. I'm like, <laughs> don't you want to hear me of all people talk about sex? I would think yes. I would think that's the energy I'm giving and what everyone's begging for. But yeah, you're giving sex energy. But yeah, I don't know. Really weird. Think about We're it. We're going to talk about sex later in our what to do's. But oh yeah, we it's get a what to do episode. Well, mm-hmm. I have a question before. I have a pretty big question that came up for me this week. Yeah, please. Um, why? This is a genuine question. Why are babies' butts softer than ours? <laughs> you know, I've never really thought about it before. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't either, but it's like. That's a saying, right? Like, soft as a baby's butt. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I, I, res- I received a compliment on my butt softness. Did you? Um, I did, I did. Just what like, a flex. Maybe, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Thank you. I know. <laughs> eh, I'm just trying to brag. But then I, it gave me pause. And I was like, why wouldn't my butt? I was talking to Justin. I was like, well, thank you. But like, why wouldn't my butt be I soft? Like, I, I, I understand. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just talking to my mom. And um, <laughs> I mean, and hmm. I, like I like I understand why my hands are not as soft as a baby's, but like I'm not doing any hard labor with my ass like I never have. <laughs> it's not like exposed to the sun, like maybe once in my life I've like nude tanned. I don't even know that I have. Like, why sure. is why? Why is why are babies' butts softer than ours? 
I don't know. It's just making me really jealous, though. I think it has something to do with acne, like just skin. Just over time, your skin gets exposed to more stuff. You could get butt acne. You could get irritation from clothing, rubbing, you know? Maybe those are the things that are That makes more sense. For some reason, the only thing I could, like, whenever I think about that question, all I can see is just, like, an image of me just, like, dragging my butt along, like, a concrete (laughs) sidewalk. And I'm like, I haven't done that, I don't think. You know, that's, like, the only thing I could think of to justify why a butt would become less soft is just like you've just like been dragged on a side. Is that what you're doing with your hands? Is that's why you understand the hands aren't going to be a good point. That's a good point. Well, my hands like you're supposed to put sunscreen on your hands. I have I feel like I've kind of aged hands. Um, They're you know, they they're in the sun and stuff and like in the fields and things. So right. This came from Justin complimenting your butt. Well, yeah. So first and foremost, I have a soft butt, but not as soft as a baby's. So he clarified that in the compliment. No, he's like, don't get it twisted. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I've touched better butts than this, babies. Well, that's don't put that. Maybe don't put that in the episode. I don't know. That's not well. Whatever. People know. Whatever. He's a nice man. It'll it'll all be fine. Um. Yeah, I just it doesn't make any sense to me, and it doesn't um doesn't seem justice to me. Doesn't seem justice. Wait, doesn't seem just. I think I think it's interesting because usually that saying is used to describe something that is or isn't as soft as a baby's butt, but it's right. They're never talking about an adult's butt. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. You'll that's get a compliment true. that's like, oh, your hands are as soft as a baby's butt or your face, like maybe you just got an exfoliating facial and then it's like, oh my gosh, my face is as soft as a baby's butt. But right. people don't say that about their own butts. Oh my God. Can you imagine hooking up with somebody and he's like, this is soft as any <laughs> baby's butt. You'd be like, wow, get out of my bed. Get out of my bed. <laughs> so I guess that's the answer. I guess that's why we don't hear that. <laughs> yeah. Woof to that and i guess that's why justin had to clarify that that's not what he was saying about you um he didn't yeah he didn't clarify that i guess um you just he didn't say, uh, can i can i just actually say on the record he didn't say anything about babies. <laughs> about babies he just said that i had a soft butt and i was thinking about like why wouldn't it be soft and then i was thinking about mm-hmm. well it starts out soft like a baby it gets rougher over time because you're dragging it on the sidewalk blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then, yeah, so just to be clear, my boyfriend did not say anything about babies. <laughs> and it actually makes a lot of sense that the way you got there was you being like, why do I not deserve this compliment? Well, why wouldn't my butt be soft? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Clarified that. Thanks so much for that. <sighs> well, you're welcome. I'm a little hungover. I feel so slow in the brain. My brain is just a really stupid space right now. That's exactly how I like you I yeah I'm not hungover I have no reason to feel this way but I feel slow not Mm. in a stupid way just in a like fucking get it together girl type of way okay I was just doing something really like technical for work and that always spending time in excel spreadsheets is just like not healthy for the human brain no it is not that is a bad place that's a naughty place (laughs) yeah and not 
not in the way. I don't know. I wanted to tie it back to butts. I can't. Let's just move okay. on to what it is. <laughs> Let's move on to what it is. What do we got, girl? Okay, it's time for what it is. This is when we tell you what we think you should or shouldn't do. Ooh, <laughs> song. But we don't know anything, so proceed with caution. Okay. <laughs> there were a few categories that I was noticing in the what to do submissions this week and I think the one I want to start with is something that gets me really fired up oh no okay read it okay what to do went on two dates then he called it off he wants to stay in touch and I don't know why or if I want to shoot him in the head right this he's sentenced to death the fuck? Well, he's not sentenced to death for wanting. What did it say? He broke but up with he her. He is sentenced to death because if he broke up with if, you, no. If he wants, if he wants to stay in touch, he's sentenced to death. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's what, what he the said. Fuck? He wants. Wait, to stay read in touch. it again. Wait, oh, confession. I wasn't listening. Read it again. Okay, <laughs> read it again. What to do? <laughs> Went on two dates. Then he called it off. Okay, this is a woman writing in. He wants to stay in touch. Shoot him in the and head. I don't know why, or yeah. if I want to. No, no. Okay. okay. She actually proceeded. She just said uh, she sent a few additional messages, which aren't necessary for the what to do, but they are funny. So her next message message goes, he picked me up and threw me on the bed and now nothing. And I don't know if we can go back from that. And then she says, ask him if we should be friends with benefits after I got turned down or move on. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. First of all, I stand by my first reaction, which was shoot him in the head. Agree. She's all over the place. She's bouncing all over the place. Like, do I hate this? Am I like, maybe I can make this work for me? What the My fuck? answer is, why would you want to make it work for you? Like, if it's not what you wanted. And even the if fuck? you want a friends with benefits, I don't know. Even if you're like, you know what? I could go for that. Go do that with a new person. Because this person totally. has already said, totally. I want out of your life. But I want to keep, Ew. quote unquote, keep in touch. That's because he wants you as an option. We hate. He's sentenced to death. Yeah, he's saying I might get bored. Hey, I don't want to date you, but I might get bored later. So could you just like stay on call for that in case I'm bored and I want validation through texting, through a hookup, through attention? Like, I feel like I might need something from you later. So could you just like chill around until I think maybe I need something from you? Mm -hmm. Dope. Shoot him in the fucking head. I'm not saying shoot him in the head because he broke up with you. That's a part of life and you got to do it. I'm saying shoot him in the head for 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 even deigning to think he's allowed to ask you to stay in touch. Shoot him in the head. What the totally. fuck? That is such. You also don't need to. That it reveals such a lack of respect, such a lack. Whatever. Um. Why would I wouldn't. Why would you want to. It sounds like a you don't want to have friends with benefits. It sounds like that's not what you're looking for. I really think. That when you're, if you were interested in something more, it sounds like you were date, like, you know, dating more seriously. Um, I think you really screw yourself over by filling your time with lesser options. Like if you are looking for something more serious and romantic and dating, do not let people stick around just because like, well, we could have a date or like we could have some snuggle time or like sometimes it's nice. It it lowers the bar and then you get used to that level of treatment, the treatment from someone who maybe doesn't see you as a whole person, doesn't care about treating you with respect, blah, 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 doesn't care about your heart or your soul or whatever. And then 
you get used to it and you can still get emotionally attached. And even if you don't get emotionally attached, when you meet the next person, that next person only has to be incrementally better Mm -hmm. than that low level of treatment in order for you to like for them to catch your eye. It's really, really I think it's really unhealthy. Have be friends with benefits if that's actually your goal. But if that was was not your goal, like be honest with yourself and don't start lowering the standard, especially not for this fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Really well said. I think too, even if you do determine, and I kind of said this already, but even if you do decide in your heart of hearts, you know what? I really do. I was open to friends with benefits the whole time. I was just out here looking for fun and a hookup buddy or whatever. I still would say, don't do it with this guy. You can find so many people out there who just want to hook up, who want something no strings attached. If that's really what you're in the market for, great. You'll have no problem finding somebody else who's in the market for the same. But somebody who started as a couple dates and then called it off and then said, let me, but let me keep you on the hook, basically. Like, can I put you on hold? unattractive. Yeah. Just stay on hold for me. Totally. It's Ew. there's a how I met your mother episode that I think is literally called on the hook. And it's all about this concept of like keeping somebody on the shelf, just like keeping them there saying, oh, not now, maybe later. Oh, you know, I'm not in the space for it now, but we can keep in touch. We can be friends. Just like keeping it dragging out and keeping you on the hook. It it takes yeah. your time away from finding something with someone else that is actually closer to what you want and whether what you want is casual or something serious like Mm -hmm. cool but this person officially has shown themselves to not be the person that's going to get to do that with you gross and why do you want to spend time around that like i i will say from personal experience i definitely multiple times had the experience of like dating someone it's seen, you know, nice dates, blah, 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 whining and dining. It's nice, nice time together, having fun. And then at a certain point, it became clear that they weren't looking for something more than like hooking up. Basically, it, it became that. And I would be like w- disappointed. And then I would convince myself like, OK, I know what this is. Like, I get it. They're not looking for something more. I'm not going to talk them into it because never talk anyone into you should never have to convince anybody to date you. And I was like, I'm being, you know, I'm seeing this honestly. It, we can just hang out. Like I've, I've diminished my feelings for them. It's just fun to have someone to go out with. It's fun to have someone to flirt with. It's someone of, it's fun to have someone to cuddle and kiss with. Like I get Attention. it. I see what this is. Totally cool. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But personally, I always found that it was not a harmless thing to do. It caused a lot of harm for me. I would still end up getting hurt feeling hurt, feeling disappointed, and it just is lowering the standard of treatment. It's, it's, I think it's really, really bad to do. Not bad to be friends with benefits, not bad to be into hooking up, but bad to kind of betray yourself in what you're honestly actually looking for in that moment. I think it's really bad like for your soul, for your personal growth, to abandon yourself in that way. It's like gaslighting yourself and being like, oh, I'll just accept this lesser thing. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah, I I get really like fired up and like protective and just mad yeah. when I when I meet or read messages from or have a friend who or think about myself in 
this situation because mm-hmm. it's so common. It happens mm-hmm. all the time and we normalize it. And I think going back on on what you were initially looking for from this person is another version of normalizing this behavior. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's what he wants. Well, no problem. I can make it so that that's what I want too. Mm. And then you normalize it and then he'll get he'll keep getting away with it um, and just getting what he wants with no repercussions. You'll feel worse about yourself and you'll continue to let other people do it. And yeah, it just normalizes something that like you shouldn't be normalizing for other people and for yourself. Um, Totally. But we've all been in that scenario before and it. You know what? It feels really powerful. I, I actually don't even find it to be hard to say no thanks to somebody like this because right. I find it really empowering. It's like, yes. basically, he broke up with you and then said, but we could keep in touch. And that gives you an opportunity to now break up with him. Oh, you want to keep in touch? Nope. And then the power is back in your hands. Like, there's something really really fun about that to me Mm -hmm. this this guy that I dated for a few months kind of did something similar where like I thought it was leading towards a relationship he decided that it wasn't for him and let me know that and was like I'm cool with continuing what we're doing now but I just don't see this going turning into like a long-term thing And I really liked him. And part of me was like, maybe it would be okay to just keep doing what we're doing now. I'm getting attention. I have somebody to text and somebody to come over and cuddle and watch a movie with and somebody to go out drink and get drinks with. Um, I can just reset my expectations. But then when I. I very quickly, like, made the switch in my head of like, nope, that's not what we're doing and got to tell him like, no, that's cool. And then he had the audacity to be like, well, you can always text me if you want to, like, talk about it more. And I got to once again be like, no, I don't need to process this with you. Like, thanks. Go away. It just and then I I walked away from that situation and was like, I'm really proud of myself because Mm -hmm. and I get to feel like I broke up with him now because (laughs) he kind of like gave me that opportunity and I took it. So if you can reframe it for yourself that way, I think it can feel like a dope ass thing to do and not like getting rejected. Yeah, I mean, I like that you. I I love delusion. I like that you brought up empowerment and I agree, like, not even in terms of like, oh, I didn't get rejected. You rejected me. Like, um, to me, empowerment, self-empowerment and stuff, especially in dating, it's not about never being rejected. It's not about never being broken up with. Um, It's about actually caring about what you need. Like, that's what empowerment is. Maybe maybe what you need is like a hookup right now. And so you can honor that and that's empowering. Um, but maybe what you need and want was never that at all. And the empowering thing is to be like, no, the things that I want as a person matter. Um, and I'm going to act on them and I'm going to like stand by them. That's what's, you know, I think there I think in the past I've observed and also experienced in myself this attitude in those moments of being like well it's going to be empowering for me to just like go out there and like hook up anyway and like I'm strong and I don't need his validation and la 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 that's not what empowerment is just to like abandon yourself because you feel hurt like you can feel hurt and feel disappointed and also 
stand by the things that you want and deserve to hold out for. Yeah, because even if you are looking for something casual, I would hope that you still want it to be respectful. You still want it to be someone who like values your time. So somebody who's just kind of callously like dumped you and then been like, but we can stay in touch. Even if you were looking for something casual and even if it seems like this person also wants something casual, move on. They're still not a person who's like worthy of doing that with you because you're still abandoning something about what your expectations and needs are. Like you're because they didn't treat you respectfully and kindly in in doing so. They could have this could look a lot differently. After date two, somebody could come and talk to you and say, hey, I've really enjoyed our time together so far, but I'm really not looking for anything very serious. I want to check in with you and find out more about what you're looking for. Um, And you could get to a place where you're on the same page. I mean, again, you want to be careful in a situation like that not to go Mm -hmm. back on what you wanted from the outset. But if what you really wanted from the outset was something casual and somebody gives you creates a space where you guys can have like a direct conversation about that cool maybe you result in something casual that works for Mm -hmm. both of you but for somebody to do it in this really careless way that like doesn't hold space for your existence really is just like nope next period so strange shoot him in the head (sighs) shoot him in the head this one is a pivot in terms of topic And we got so many messages about setting boundaries at work and Mm. specifically saying no to your boss. That's so tough. It's so hard. Like, I don't actually know if I have answers for these things (gasps) at all. I I read them and I was hoping you'd have answers because I don't. Because it's like an unfair situation. This person, it's not a normal relationship. Yeah. Yeah, they control your livelihood and they control your career to some degree. Yeah, read it. Read it, though, just so we can be mad. Read it so we can be mad. Okay, okay. There's I'm going to read two. Um, Let's start with one. One at a time. Okay, one at a time. Okay. Okay. So this one is my boss emotionally dumps on me for hours every day. How to draw boundaries without upsetting her. I guess my first reaction to that is like. (sighs) My immediate thought is, why do you care about upsetting her? But then I quickly am like, it's it's your boss. I guess you need to stay on their good side. At work. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's so easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but emotionally dumping on you Gross. for hours every day. What the hell? It's so inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. I want to know if they're emotionally dumping stuff that's work related, stuff that's like outside of work. Doesn't matter. I mean, to me, it's irrelevant. It's completely yeah. irrelevant. It's completely unprofessional either way. That's true. But if it's, I guess, if it's about work, there is an easier way to like pivot, maybe. You know, like you could say, you could set up some sort of regular, and I'm sure you already have this, but like a regular cadence of check-ins with a standard agenda that leaves like 15 minutes for her stuff but then still leaves 15 minutes for yours and it's like we have this shared document where we know our meeting notes are there and the agenda is always this and 
just like really take charge of the meeting a little bit. Um, I guess my point is like if if the things she's emotionally dumping about are work related, then there might be a way to kind of like rein it in and funnel it into a smaller amount of time where like you know that that's what she's going to do to you and how she's going to use the time. But it's not hours upon hours that are just like aimless. I think it's a different scenario if they're emotionally dumping personal stuff, because while it's inappropriate and it's like it should be easy to say this has nothing to do with work, stop. (laughs) It's not easy to do. And I don't really know how you control a person that's like that. I think I could come up with like at least things to attempt if it was work oh stuff, God. you know? Well, well, regardless, I guess I feel like if they're getting away with doing this hours on a day, it sounds like she like can't get away. Whether, whether it's like work, because I don't know, emotionally dumping about work, that's different than uh, um, discussing a work situation and strategizing. Like emotionally right. dumping about work, it doesn't even matter. It's so strange. I feel like, yeah, I guess any way you can f- try and time box it, um, if you, it, it depends on your work and what they know about your schedule and stuff. But in some jobs I've had, I would like block out parts of my calendar for any reason. Like if you need heads down work time, pretend yeah. you have meetings there. I don't know. It, it depends how your organization works. I don't know if you can block out your schedule or pretend you have a meeting coming up or pretend you have to work on something that's due for somebody. It, you know, obviously you don't want to get caught in a fib. But if there's some creative way that you can get a hard stop, basically, I think I agree with just saying like really, really time box it. The other thing, though, that's a little it's harder to do. It's it's kind of hard to unring the bell of. Maybe already opening yourself up to being the person that receives this emotional dumping. But I think I think there is a way to make it very clear if not in this relationship, then like next time you have a new boss or new coworkers, I think there is a way to communicate to people that you're not like a safe person to do that with. Not that you're not safe, but like that you're not open to it. I have worked with plenty of coworkers who like, they will not do the bitching. They will not do the gossip. They will not do the, uh, basically any personal talk that's not specifically and constructively work talk. I feel like I've worked with people who are like extremely rigid about, you know, everybody at work sometimes wants to bitch about like, oh, this person was so unfair in that meeting or made a really rude comment. Like sometimes you have to kind of vent with a coworker. There's like a normal amount to vent. Mm -hmm. But I've worked with plenty of people who like if you try and vent to them, it's a no go. They do not. They're just like, huh. Or they're just like, wow. Or they're just like, I know. Yeah. And I think there's something to that. Sometimes it would be annoying to me feeling like okay can't we just like have a little commiseration but on the other hand like they send a signal that kind of lets you know that's not going to be an outlet for like a weird emotional dumping um and i do think there's a way to communicate that to people um that just like subtly communicating that you're not an opportunity to you yeah. know it, it don't not encouraging it um which i don't mean to say in a blaming way I think that there's plenty of people you can encourage it with because they won't abuse it. They won't take advantage of that. But when someone's taking advantage of it, especially your boss, it's just it's just so unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really good call. Like, how are you 
how are you responding right now? How are you showing up to her hours of emotional dumping? And if it is in a way, like, I think because you're worried about upsetting her, I would assume that that means that you're kind of showing up for for these hours of dumping. Like, you're showing up to be compassionate, to be empathetic. Yeah, to provide a friend. I would do that too. That's not, if it's having this much of an effect on you, then I totally agree that you do have to like draw back what your reactions are. I think you'll be surprised when somebody doesn't get much back, then why would they keep going to that place? You know, like um, eventually it'll get boring for her if you're not kind of yeah. like giving anything other like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, that's frustrating. Like really, really um drawing back how much you play into it you might be surprised how much you're playing into it more than you realize because you want to keep this person on your good side um it that's just why it makes it such an unfair situation obviously because like yeah you don't want to seem like you're stonewalling them you don't want to seem like you're not even la 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 like uh it's just so inappropriate of them to put you in that position uh, yeah it really does suck that it's your boss um gross that's a bad boss bro and and i think your point about like the context and the type of workplace matters a lot too because i often forget that when we get these career related Mm -hmm. messages like yeah we got another message from somebody who has a coworker who's like her only the one person she works with and they share an office space and it sounds like it's a really small team and it's just her and this guy and then their boss. And it sounds like it's a small nonprofit. She didn't even know if they have like HR there to be able to express when somebody's making you uncomfortable. Like really small team. Yeah. And she was describing that the guy who she works closely with is kind of starting to not directly hit on her, but just suggest that they should hang out outside of work and sending these weird messages that he really cares about her. She just she just went through a divorce and he found out about it. And then uh, I guess this reaction has come from ever since he found out that she was getting divorced. And so she wrote in and I I responded to the message because it like really bothered me. And I was yeah. trying to help her figure out like, can you be direct and say no thank you? Do you have HR that you can go to? And she was like, it's so weird because it's so uncomfortable to be direct because we work together all the time. And he's like the only person I work with and I can tell my manager, but it's kind of the same thing. Like what's she even going to do about it? And that's the other only person I work with. So I don't know. I guess I'm just saying all of this to say, like I have a lot of compassion for how the context changes things. Like Mm -hmm. I've only worked at places where there's, there's at, at least somewhere I can go that's like not my direct colleagues if I really, yeah. really need to. But not everybody has that. I would say for that, like, I would definitely be direct, give him a direct no. And it doesn't have to be you're being creepy. I mean, it depends what you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be you're being creepy. It doesn't have to imply you know, he's done something wrong. If you're scared of that, this is why, you know, sexual harassment or whatever of any kind is so 
unfair in the workplace because there's always this fear of like how someone's retaliating, blah, blah, blah. It's so complicated. But I think you could still give a really direct no. That's just like not personal about him at all. If that maybe that's I think that might be like I am going through divorce. This is a really hard time. It really helps me to focus at work and not talk about anything personal. I like to keep work at work and my personal life separate because this is um, that's that's really helpful to me. And I uh, really appreciate everyone respecting that boundary or something or, you know, and it might also require directly saying no, I'm not um, looking to add any social events to my calendar right now. You don't even have to refer to it as a date. You don't have to say you're not yeah. dating. You could just like, no, I'm not going to go out with you. And also like, I'm, it's very important to me to keep work professional right now. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous that you even have to say it, but I think that's like the realistic way. I think, you know, it is an opportunity for you to, step up to the challenge of being direct when it's very uncomfortable and being your advocate. Um, you know, imagine your younger sibling or your friend or like, how would you protect them? What would you want to say to be their advocate in that situation? Like be that advocate for yourself. There, there is a way to do it. It's so unfair that you're in this situation in the first place. Um, just shoot him in the head. Next category. And we got, at least three messages along these lines and that that's pretty juicy because i don't think that usually happens like exactly the same wording said in most of them weird so and i do relate or i've been here before and before isn't that far from now um (laughs) so multiple people (laughs) wrote in about for whatever reason, whether it's they're too exhausted, they're kind of depressed, I'll, I'll read the specifics. They just feel like they, their libido is low right now and their sex life is suffering. And so one person, I think the thing that sums it up, said, how do you bring back a healthy sex life when you're both in the middle of a stressful routine and you're also mildly depressed? We'd usually go for it before bed, but now I can't stop from just falling asleep um again i don't have answers to this but i (laughs) do understand being in that space uh do you have ideas yeah Mm. we're not we don't actually know anything obviously i think what i have found personally that helps um i i would say first if if possible try to release a little from this idea we all end up tying ourselves to that like well i'm supposed we're supposed to be having sex this many times a week or else it's not good and then you like maybe force yourself like i think there's a lot of sex like dating or couples advice that's like we'll just start doing it more just do it anyway and like that's still i think what some sex sex therapists will tell you to do is just like we'll just make time for it anyway But then other sex therapists will argue like, but then you're not having quality intimacy. That's not quality intimacy. That's like quantity. It's valuing quantity over quality. I think for me, what has felt more helpful and like truthful when I've found myself in this place was that where I really start is with connection. Like we're both busy. We're both stressed. Maybe someone's depressed or both like, yeah, I bet connection is low. And if you can find ways to be like emotionally intimate and emotionally close, 
I find that the sex tends to follow or at least be like much more enjoyable, even if you don't have a ton of time in your schedule. Um, but for me, it's like ha- it might be having a really vulnerable conversation, you know, lay down in bed, have like a little team meeting, hold hands, look at each other, or look at the ceiling and just like share vulnerably, like how hard this moment is, how hard, like, um, it makes me sad that, uh, obviously we're not having a lot of sex, but I love you so much and I want to have that. And I feel caught in between for all these reasons. And these are all the different conflicting thoughts and needs in my head. And I don't have a solution, but I love you. And that's why I'm thinking about this. And, um, these are all the thoughts in my head. That's it. I don't have answers. And like, uh, your partner can just share vulnerably and like that's immediately a little bit more intimacy. And I don't know if you'll have sex after that or not. I'm I'm not guaranteeing that you will, but like that intimacy is usually what I feel like I'm missing. And then sometimes sex comes with that eventually, or sometimes it just means you had great emotional intimacy. And to me, that's um, a really huge part. That closeness is a really huge part of getting closer to, you know, recouping that sex life. Yeah. It's so funny how, when you're in a spell where you're not having as much sex with your partner it's like obviously both of you know that but Mm -hmm. you're pretending that no one knows that you're like oh (laughs) we don't talk about this we don't address it we don't like we both kind of know it hasn't happened recently but like saying the obvious thing that we both already know because we're both part of that (laughs) feels so scary um but I do agree that as soon as you say it that in itself is very freeing um, just to put it out on the table and be mm-hmm. exactly the way you said it, I think was really well phrased and coming at it from a place of, yeah, like I'm bummed about this. I love you. And I wish this isn't where we found ourselves right now, but there's also like fair reasons. And I just wanted to like say the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I think that alone can help a ton. So if, if the folks who wrote this in haven't even broached that conversation, just remind yourself, we both know this already. So it's actually not that scary to say. And then definitely that can lead to a more vulnerable conversation where you do feel closer after. And I feel like whether that means you have sex right away or you continue to have these types of conversations more intentionally, or maybe what comes out of it is like, you know, we should plan a date night where we really leave work off the table and we don't break, we turn off our phones or whatever it looks like for you. Um, you can kind of like build back to it. But I think taking the pressure off of whatever you have been told is like the right sex life and not even giving yourself a goal of like, okay, well, next week we'll do it. Like on this night, we'll do it. Or, you know, like that adds pressure and that's not what you need right now. You just need to like build back and when it feels good again, it'll happen. But the the building back takes intention, I guess, is, is yeah. the point. I do. I do like that. I like just, yeah, saying whatever is true in the moment. I like how you called out how like both of you know it, but no one's saying anything about it because then it's this like giant unspoken thing. This thing you can't touch is now like holding space between you. 
And that's when intimacy starts to fade, like literally not just physical intimacy, but just like in your soul. Like there's literally something keeping you apart. I guess not literal, it's emotional, but there's something keeping you farther um, because there's this whole thing you won't talk about. Like whatever, what's the unspoken thing? Yeah. What's the yeah. thing nobody's talking about? Maybe it's that. Maybe it's something else. It's probably a bunch of things. If you guys, life are, is stressful right now and you're depressed, like what's the thing that you feel like you can't, no one's allowed to name? If it's true, it's probably worth naming. And I think that can go a long way. Also, just don't 69. It's so dumb. Yeah, I don't think that should be the first or second or 10th step in this no. process. There was no. a funny take on this question. It's not funny for this person. I'm already but... laughing. You just said it was funny and I started laughing. What because is it, it is. <laughs> what is it? They wrote, no more libido since therapy started two years ago and boyfriend getting less patient about it. This is a different situation than what we oh, just talked about. This isn't like yeah. both people are low and busy and tired and depressed. This is like one person's becoming enlightened. And the other person's like, why won't you have sex with me now that you're enlightened? Where are you getting enlightened from? Well, she just said that she started therapy two years ago. And I'm associating that with like, oh, oh, oh. It reminds me of when um, the first presidential election with Trump was <laughs> happening. And there was literally data that like, couples were having less sex or like women were less interested in having sex with their male partners so funny because of whether they were supporting trump or just because of the like air in the country of misogyny and patriarchy like it was literally having an impact on people's sex lives and that's what this kind of makes me think of is like this woman's starting to get therapy she's maybe realizing some problems with her partner or problems in the relationship or she's growing and maybe he's not growing oh, at the same time. Of, I don't know. That's a lot of assumptions. I oh, don't totally. know. I'm listing, I'm <laughs> listing a lot of options of what yeah. could be happening. Like it could be none of it or it could be one thing or it could be a lot of them. But yeah. I don't think she would have said this. I don't think she would have written the thing about it having to do with therapy unless it just doesn't it had make to do any with sense it. to me it doesn't make any sense to me why it would have to do with therapy like i i guess i am curious oh, it makes why so much sense to me oh well if it okay we're, we're we have to do a lot of filling in the blanks here we don't know because yeah. we can get yeah. the rest of the information but i guess if like so you're picturing that like she started going to therapy and she figured out all these reasons she resents her partner and Maybe. so now she's continued to date him for two years despite these revelations and isn't having sex. That's not enlightenment to me. I don't know what's enlightened True. about that. True. Or like, or like start going to therapy and realize things clearly that haven't been communicated to the boyfriend. So he's in the dark. So I don't know what's enlightened about that. Like, I don't, I mean. <laughs> True. Yeah, fair well, enough. What's the connection? What's the, the connection? Well, I just mean like what, I don't understand the implied connection. I understand something could be happening in therapy that is affected you know it's just what you're processing that's affected your relationship but like it's not because you're going to therapy it's because you probably haven't communicated those revelations to your partner yet or like what yeah. i mean yeah no that's fair that's a good that's a good response to this person like have you brought your partner along in in your the brain things you've been learning yeah about yourself about the relationship about whatever it's about um 
yeah, I mean, they could also, they could mean a variety of things with this. That's just how I interpreted it. And I think I especially because they wrote, like, keep the partners getting impatient about it. That annoyed me. <laughs> that what? Oh, that they're impatient. I mean, I get it. Okay, it's been two if years, and you have for no more years? libido. Oh my god, you got you and I are taking such different reactions. I to know. This. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's saying that they haven't had sex in two years, or it's just yeah. like slowed over the course of two oh, years. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming yeah. the latter. Um, and I'm annoyed at this dude. I'm just picturing a woman who's bettering herself and a dude. I'm totally projecting based on my last relationship. I think I'm projecting based on mine. (laughs) Maybe. And so I'm picturing a woman who's like doing a lot of self-work and growing and a man who's just like, why aren't we having sex anymore? And like, obviously, that's an unfair projection. But that is how I read this completely. So how are you projecting? I'm having a reaction, I think, to. I understand what you're saying. I think I am having a reaction to this statement of like we're not having sex because i started therapy like that's not a full sentence to me um you can say and and i i think there's like a little i think i feel like there's a little lack of ownership in there like can you imagine someone being like oh so you're mad at me because i started therapy like if that's really your boyfriend is like if that's really the cause like you started therapy and that's why our like you now you're mad at me blah 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 like that that's probably not like dump him then or like that's not the whole fucking story maybe you it just seems like there's a lack of ownership like yeah maybe starting therapy did bring something to the forefront for you that is hard or could be a deal breaker in the relationship or is bringing up some issues or needs more communication but like own like how that plays into i understand you're in therapy but a relationship is two people engaging together so i mean Obviously, it's difficult and nuanced, but like take ownership. If you're talking about the relationship, take ownership for what it means to be in relationship with somebody. I'm not saying fuck him because you owe it to him. I'm saying like own whatever this thing is. It's not therapy's fault. It's like something maybe that also has been discussed, something also that has been discussed in therapy. But this attitude of like, well, because I went to therapy, what, you know, I think that's just annoying me. It's like I, I, I feel a little like lack of ownership in that oversimplification it seems unfair and i don't i don't understand it really yeah to this person's defense they get like two lines of space in our (laughs) question box um, space on instagram so i think that's part of the reason for the brevity but yeah i think that's actually aside from however we may personally feel about having been in similar situations or whatever um, and quote unquote similar because we don't really know everything about this situation. Don't know nothing about it, yeah. But despite all of that, putting all that to the side, I think the the what a do response of like, how much have you brought along your partner in the things that you're realizing or the things that are changing about you or what's coming up as you go through therapy and like the reasons why you feel that that has influenced your libido and it's the same answer as the first yeah take on this question of like we're having less sex it's just like have you talked about it because yeah. sex always starts the connection and the intimacy starts outside of the bedroom yeah. and 
So I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, how much have you brought your partner along? And this is a very fair response. And also a fair response is like, if what you're saying is, I started therapy and I hate this person now, then why are you still there? Also <laughs> a very fair response. You yeah. Know? I'm saying, I mean, I'm, I feel there's plenty of legitimate and empathizable reasons to have a low libido. Um, there's like a million of those reasons. The reason isn't I'm in therapy. Um, the reason is probably way more complicated. And if you explained it to us, we'd probably relate. Um, but you haven't named it here and I don't know what it mm -hmm. is. And it sounds like your partner might not know either. Be in relation with the person you're in a relationship with. What the fuck is it? Just take like take ownership. Take ownership. What is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. I had therapy today um, with my new, quote unquote, new therapist who's I'm going to be doing EMDR with. If you're new, if you're new here, last episode, I talked about trying out this new form of therapy. I'm not going to go into it right now, but I had my intake meeting with this new therapist for EMDR. And one of the things she said, she was like, OK, so I talked to your therapist and she gave me some background on what's going on. and don't take this the wrong way, but the kind of what I say in shorthand to any therapist who I'm taking a, a patient from is, okay, so what's the problem? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm not offended by that at all. I can like very easily name the problem here and like tell mm -hmm. you why I'm here, you know? Um, and I think it's the same. It's like, what's the problem? What is actually the problem? It's not therapy. It's something that came out of that maybe but what is it? And then name it to the person who you either want to help you or you want to understand you or you want to connect with or you want, you know, your partner in this situation. And then you can make progress, whether that looks like getting your sex life back on track or setting better expectations with them so that they know what's going on and the reason why you're wanting to have less sex or so that you decide to proceed differently in your relationship, like whatever it looks like, you have to start by just answering that question. Okay, so what's the problem? I agree that the way it was phrased here is not, it's not actually the problem. Um, I like that you called that out. Okay, I don't know if we need to spend any time on this, but I just love my brother. <laughs> my brother wrote in with a what to do. He said, why do I... <laughs> First of all, he doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't know what a what to do is. I think this was just an, a complaint. I think this was just a complaint that was on his mind. And he said, why do I need to wash my towel if I'm, quote, clean after a shower? Why is that shit yeah. dirty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I've never thought about it. His brain is so special. I don't even know how he gets to this stuff. I never that thought about feels that way. Like so him. I like it's don't so even know him. him that well, but from I know. everything I know about him, I'm like that's so him. That's so I him. I do Why have an answer, but I'm not gonna demean the, the, the hilarity of the question <laughs> with a real scientific Wait, answer. No, give us the science. I want the science because I can't I answer mean, it's, it. It's just because the towel gets wet and just wet. you know something that holds moisture over time can mold, and okay. so you gotta wash it and dry it adequately. Okay. I actually really yeah. needed that answer because I was about to stop washing my towels. I was like pissed. I was pissed with him. I was like, that's a good point, Luke. Okay, we got another one to do. Thank you, Jess. Thank God you're here. You're so Jesus welcome. Christ. Okay, this one, um, did you want a light one? I, could, I don't yeah. think this is, this is lighter, but it's still a serious question. Yeah. 
Yo, okay, here's one. Somebody wrote in and said, too many wedding invitations. How to filter slash decide which ones I go to. Oh, and I hate weddings. Lol, I didn't even read that last part till just now. So they yeah. also hate weddings. I'm just going to say, yeah, this is a real issue. Going to people's weddings gets so expensive. I think to some of the younger listeners may, well, younger and older, I guess it depends what life stage you're at. Some people might not be in this life stage right now where you're getting a million wedding invitations. But first of all, it gets so expensive to buy the gift, buy the dress, do the travel, take the time off. Like it gets so expensive. Also, it is shocking. It is shocking like how this stuff registers with people like mm. a when you're the one getting married i've watched so many people get married and other people's reactions to their wedding it's shocking what you learn about your friends and family and how they think your wedding is about them i haven't been married is not personal story this is just observing other people the amount okay. of people who will make it about them. Like, you didn't seat me next to this person. You didn't use oh, this yeah. kind of flower. You didn't do this. You wouldn't let me do that. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's also kind of insane. I don't know if it's as crazy, but it, it's, it's, um, it was a little surprising. I guess I, was, I had to learn how much like attending people's weddings and not like it goes on the permanent record, I feel like. I feel like it goes on the permanent record. Like if you don't attend but were invited, that type of thing? Or I it depends on the relationship, but I do think there some people will act again, it depends on the relationship, it depends on the person. But some people, if you don't attend their wedding, I've seen relationships permanently altered. I've seen it a wow. lot. And I've also seen on the other side of things, going to weddings that I'm like, I'm not that close to this person. I don't even know why I was invited. Like, I guess yeah. I happened to have the time and energy to go. So I went and then it permanently like improved. Like it was a big deal to them that I attended. Yeah. Um, just because I don't know people not, that's not a statement on how much they value me at all. I don't know why I was invited. It's a statement on how big an event it is in some people's heads. And they think your response is a ref is a statement about your love for them which yeah. it isn't it's usually just a statement about like i don't have the fucking money or like pto for that this. weekend yeah. yeah yeah so i'm i'm not saying this is how people should react i'm just saying i've observed people put it a lot of people put it on like the permanent record of the relationship so i do think yeah. it's kind of stressful it is stressful um <sighs> Yeah, I, I've been lucky, I guess, not to see the permanent record happen in a negative way. Dude, it's But weird. I have seen it happen where I'm like, oh, I didn't know that I would even be invited to this. And then I'm like, I guess I'm free and it's like not far away or something and I'll go. That'll be fun. I'll, I'll have friends who are going, whatever. And then it like it is a bonding thing. Like, yeah, even like, I, you were there. You were there for I my day. I even put it on my personal record of them, of, like, they yeah. invited me to their wedding, even though yeah. I didn't think we were that close. Like, they must really like me. And then I hold on to that as, like, somebody likes me, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So it is weird what we make it mean. I get so, I get so mad at how much everyone makes it about themselves, though. Like, my biggest yes. pet peeve when it comes to weddings is, a lot of people, a lot of my peers feeling like they are somehow owed a plus one or yeah. how ridiculous it is that they that they didn't invite Chad, even though Chad and I said I love you last week. Like, OK, yeah. they don't fucking care about Chad. Like, 
Also, I just maybe get they even do. Really... And weddings, weddings are so They're expensive. expensive. They're so expensive. Like it's just not fucking about you. Yeah. And yeah. Also, like I also kind of want to say that to the bride and groom, like fucking relax. I I would like to think that if certain people didn't come to my wedding, I wouldn't hold it against them the rest of my life. Like I think that's a ridiculous attitude. Yeah. But it is an attitude that a lot of people actually do have. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's fucking crazy at weddings. The bride, the groom, and all the attendees. Yeah. Um. Wait, so what exactly was the question? Oh, how to prioritize yeah. when you go and when you say no? Yeah, I guess like which ones to go to. I've heard from some people. I bet some people disagree, but I had one friend who was like, oh, my God, I really regretted what, going to a wedding where um, they weren't that close to the people and they were invited alone and like didn't know anybody else there. Because basically at most weddings, you won't get any time with the bride and groom. And so if you know literally no one else there and you don't have fun, you're not a person who enjoys showing up as a stranger and not knowing anybody. Like some people have a ball that way. I wouldn't. Um, That could be a good one to skip out on because you're literally just like sitting around at a place then. And I think it's like a big, there's a big cost benefit analysis of like, is it in your town or city or is it somewhere you'll have to travel to? Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you know other people there or not really? Do you get a plus one or no? Like there's so many, how close are you with this person or not? Like there's so many factors to weigh and I think it's different for everyone. Like what those scales look like and how, Mm -hmm. you know, like kind of like the ideal level that you need each of those categories to hit in order to go. But I do think it's a trade-off. It's like, okay, if I, maybe I don't really know a lot of people going to some wedding, but the bride and groom are people that I like, and maybe they're newer friends, and that's why I don't know a lot of the other people who are going to be there, but it's in Chicago, so it's going to be easy for me to just take an Uber and get there. Maybe I'll go to something like that where if those same people who I've only known for a year and I don't know other people who are going to be at their wedding were getting married in Hawaii, like I'm probably not going to go in that case. So it's it's just this like balancing act, I think, of like how what's the mm-hmm. effort, the time, the money, mm-hmm. and then is it worth like what the relationship is and how much I'm going to have fun at the wedding or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's great. I I will say recently I went to, I got invited to a wedding where I was like pretty surprised to be invited. Like I wouldn't have batted an eye if I wasn't invited. And then I was invited and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is meaningful to them. Okay. And, um, and I kind of decided to make an event out of it. So assuming it's mm-hmm. not a financial, assuming it's not a financial burden, like I could go and I was, I still was like, well, it's time and it's energy and it's effort, but I had the plus one. And so I, Justin came with me. I, w- I almost felt weird asking him to come with me because I was like, I don't know this person that well, but like we have a plus one. And we went and we just like made a little mini weekend out of it. You know, it, it was and it, it was so much fun, like getting to go and just like as a couple getting to talk to random people at a wedding and like spend a weekend in a random city and like we had like the stupidest fucking weirdest weekend we were like that was the randomest weekend ever we spent most of it like lost on a highway but we just had like a (laughs) funny little um adventure together or you know it's like can maybe 
maybe you're not like you're not that inherently thrilled about the wedding, but it could be like a fun little adventure somehow. I, I hear the same about like, you know, bachelorettes and stuff. Bachelorette parties yeah. get so expensive, but it's not just an expensive weekend. It's like a special, theoretically, it could be like a special trip you get to take with special people. So like, can you spin it instead of being like, oh, it's time away and not what I would choose to do this weekend. It's like, well, can you make it something special anyway? I don't know if that's the most obvious thing I've ever said, but I did like kind of surprise myself and take a random invitation as like um, a little nudge to do something new and different and like, you know, make it a thing. Yeah, I think that's right. I think this is just so personal to everyone that there's no like magic bullet answer that we can give. but. I do agree that it's like an annoying thing to have to navigate, like something that's supposed to be fun, purely fun, like weddings and love and friendship and whatever People turns so into weird. such a weird thing with so many dynamics and so many factors. Um, bachelorettes, I was going to bring up bachelor yeah. and bachelorette parties are the same way, maybe even worse, maybe even harder because yeah. the, the group is like dwindled down to 10 or 20 people or whatever it is, as opposed to being a wedding of a hundred people. So the pressure on you to show up is more, um, or can feel like more. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And people do take that. I feel like people take that even more personally in a way. They do. I would say like, in summary, people are going to be weird about whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they are. So I guess do the thing that you can stand by because you can really get weird reactions in any direction. So do the thing you can stand by. If you fucking can't afford it and it's going to kill you, stand by that. Like, know why you're saying no. Yeah. Um, if you Be honest. Yeah, for whatever the thing is. And people are going to be fucking weird. Yeah. I. You should be <laughs> able to say that like I'm really bummed but this just doesn't fit into my budget or you know send them a nice I, gift instead I think well yeah. yeah you send them a gift send them a totally. gift instead of going um which like it's still money but it'll be probably a lot less than the travel and the weekend and the everything send them a gift and a nice note and la di da di da di da I feel like people when they invite when they invite folks to their wedding like should expect that not everyone and do expect that not everyone is going to come like usually I'll hear I'll ask a friend oh how many people are you inviting to the wedding how big is it going to be and they're like oh 200 but we we expect it to be more like 150 like they know that people Whoa. not every single person on their invite list is going to come I think that yeah. they maybe have their assumptions of like oh my great uncle Tom who like can't move anymore is the one who's not going to be there and then like guess what he he <laughs> ends up showing up and somebody they thought was a close friend from college doesn't. So I think that's where it gets weird. But people know, like, not everyone we invite is going to come to this. And they just need to actually, like, stand by their word on that. Like, you yeah. knew that not everyone you invite is going to come. So why are you now taking it personal with every freaks. single rejection? I don't know. I think it's harder when, like, if it's a really, an inarguably close friend, but maybe you have 
a genuine conflict like it's your cousin's wedding the same weekend and you have well, to but choose that's or easy. something well it's actually not easy because people still not get easy. butthurt about that but you do have like i am supposed to go to this other wedding whatever i no, guess you have a real excuse but if it's if it's like yeah if it's somebody in your group of five closest friends yeah that's not easy even though the answer it the answer is built in it's not about having a reason it's more like that's really gonna then it becomes a choice oh you're choosing that over me um i don't know what the answer is i i hope that the friends that i have are not those types of thinkers <laughs> but i know i get it too in a way i don't know speaking of expecting people not to cut not all your guests to accept the invitation to your wedding i think the worst <laughs> worst reception I ever got attending someone's wedding I was probably like 14 and so I wasn't going to a lot of weddings it's like you're not going to a ton of weddings at 14 at least I wasn't and I hadn't been to one in forever and I got invited to some like second cousin or something and my mom and my sister were going and I was like okay I'll go like whatever my mom asked me what if I want to go so like okay and I showed up and I remember them being like oh my god you came <laughs> and i was like wow they did not expect or want me to come they were just like wow oh it's such oh it's such a so great that you came and like that's the reception you never want to get i was like oh sounds like i totally could have not come all right why am but, i here okay, now but what, what was the mix-up in the rsvps of this like they didn't know you were coming this is a finally orchestrated event well, they've some they've so much stuff going on they literally i remember i should have gotten the clue before i remember they literally called me i was like 14 and i remember i guess i rsvp'd and they called me before the wedding like the groom did i don't think he's gonna listen to this and he called me and he was like hey we're so excited that you're gonna come um we're just figuring out like the table seating and i just want you to know we're gonna sit you next to some really cool people we have like <laughs> these really awesome friends blah blah like i think you're gonna love it and i like i don't know how weddings work i don't know i didn't know that this was strange to get a personal call from a groom i basically <laughs> have spoken to one time about like where i'm gonna get seated i should when have like gotten 14. the clues it was so weird and then what? i got there and when we went to the table seating like for the lunch or reception or whatever afterwards i was sat between the children's table like this the five-year-olds i was like on the crack of the five-year-olds table and the super 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 like great 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 grandparents like mm. they had no idea where to put me and they just sandwiched me between literally five-year-olds and this other people and i'm sure both the five-year-olds and the great 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 grandparents were equally nice i was 14 i wasn't making a ton of small talk with anybody i couldn't <laughs> um but it was just like every single thing and then i think the bride was the one who was like oh my god you were here it was just like everything about it they were i was like why did you invite me you obviously didn't want me to come this yeah. way why was i invited well people get get on lists for weddings because you know it's not just the bride and groom creating that list it's the parents and yeah. the influences from like family expectations and all of that and so i think it i don't know it it is like totally a an outcome of my gosh that of yeah. like oh i guess like so and so's mom decided that we should invite these second cousins and like i didn't really register that because like you said i'm doing 10,000 other things um it is a lot of pressure on the bride and groom to like yeah make sure everyone feels happy to be there and like taken care of even though it shouldn't be about everyone else it's such a hard uh, uh, it's like uh, it makes me stressed just thinking about 
the table seating, my mom, you know, this is a very like, I think maybe this is a very just parent thing in general, but I also think it's a very Lebanese or like immigrant family thing. There's just such an emphasis in non-American cultures on like elders and like family respect and family comes first and like Mm -hmm. la 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 and my mom will get so hung up on like oh we're at a table that's like further back from from what even from the dance floor you want to be closer to the dance floor from the the she doesn't like how she ranks she doesn't like her ranking at a wedding it's like oh it's table 12 instead we should be at table two it's like why the fuck does it matter are you you anchored to this table the whole night (laughs) Like, well, because the it, table numbers are like the ranking, like table yeah. one or two is usually like the parents and the siblings and the best friends. I'm going right? to flip it. But yeah, flip it, flip <laughs> it, make it chaotic. Make it so chaotic. I'm going to make table out of out of 10 tables. I'm going to make table five the best one. And I'm going to make. Oh, yeah. One, the second to last, the second to worst. <laughs> The most and I'm gonna people, make all your obvious enemies and nemeses you seat at table one and just confuse everyone. Piss off your best friends. Yeah. <laughs> because my nemeses are at my wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine will be. Mine will be. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. It is, it, oh my god. Crazy. There was another question that we got. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the exact phrasing because it was funny, but she was basically like, How to survive being in a house of 30 women under 25 what why are you there in parentheses this is a bachelorette party oh 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 okay i was like why are you trapped in a house okay (laughs) get out out of the brothel get get Uh, out of the house um yeah i don't fucking know at that point it's 30 people you probably aren't that important you can probably skip that one like that's so no i agree actually actually 30 people that's someone that sounds like somebody who doesn't know who their friends are because you don't have 30 best friends that that being said i the first bachelorette party i ever went to was my cousin's wife um and there were like 20 to 25 girls in total included in this bachelorette i think like so many 15 to 20 of us were staying in the house and then an extra like five people lived in the area and so they just showed up to certain events and it was this is because I am a certain type of person that not everyone is but I actually had a blast because (laughs) I only knew the bride and like one other person and so I could kind of like float across groups because Mm. it's 25 people there are subgroups and there was like some drama between certain people, but I'm not really part of this friend group. I'm the cousin. Like I'm over here just vibing. Yeah. So I got to really have a great time with it at a big bachelorette party, but I went in knowing that that's what it was going to be. I think you have yeah. to like have your expectations straight. And then if that's not something that you're going to be able to lean into, like bow out of it. Good for you. Great so you're, so you're the you. person who can show up alone to a wedding and just vibe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whenever I go. I really like became friends with a lot of these my cousin's wife's friends (laughs) at this bachelorette party. And I'll I'll see them occasionally like when I'm back in town and maybe there's like a Christmas party where they invited a bunch of extended friends and family to. And Mm -hmm. people get really excited to see me. I'm just going to say that. Oh, my God. 30 fucking people in a bachelorette house. 
think about this what to do um i would just emphasize downtime i mean i'm i can only speak for myself i would yeah. have to have massive massive amounts of solo downtime which should be built in if this person has Agreed. any sense but won't always be so i just i don't know i try to communicate that to people before i go on trips i'm like i need a lot of um solo time or you're not gonna like being around me and just say it before that's a good so way to put it so it's not personal um that's just like you know introvert yeah. time oh that made me think of the other hardest part of bachelorette parties which is like paying for stuff so and annoying. are we paying as we go are we just venmoing somebody at the end then there's always somebody who like isn't drinking and so they're spending a lot less money than everyone else and they want a separate check which is reasonable to want but at the same time like it is a fucking nightmare i planned one of my best friends bachelorette parties and it was only eight people yeah and we did pretty well i was like overly organized about it and overly communicative about it and we did pretty well with all of that but there were still certain stressors you i also knew because it was my closer friends I knew that some people would have more of an ability and an appetite for spending versus some people who I knew make a little bit less and maybe would be on a tighter budget. And I wanted to plan events that would be like fair and like appropriately priced for the group of people. And it's just a lot of pressure on the person planning and then on lot, everybody yeah. else to like show up and not complain or, but I also know. advocate for themselves. Like, it feels like so much pressure on everyone 100% of the time. It's bad. It's not good. I think the way to do it is like, just go out to dinner. Who was it? It's my girl. I keep quoting her, Tinks. She just got into big trouble, apparently, Ooh. for saying that she thinks that people should, who should pay for their own birthday parties. And I think the same was said about bachelorette parties. Saying that can get you into big trouble. Is that what we're canceling yeah. people for now? She's it's just an almost opinion. canceled. If she says opinion, one more thing about anybody else's birthday, she will be canceled. <laughs> That's I can't even. I don't even have time for the internet. I, it's so exhausting to me. But I have been on a bachelorette party where my friend paid for like everything, and it was yeah. pretty dope. And I did prefer it. Just yes, it's nice. It's nice to have wealthy friends. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That's convenient to me. Right. Oh, that reminds me of another message we got. Okay, I know okay, we've been wait. going for a while. I don't have time. I gotta go, babe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Keep this in the episode. I do have to go. I do have to go. I have obligations. Okay. I do. I clearly don't. I actually <laughs> yeah, probably do. Were, I think I'm like. You, definitely forgetting about a meeting i'm supposed to go to because okay. this is more fun i know you really hit a stride and i think i've lost my energy that's the, fine the hangover the hangovers hit me harder and harder as we've recorded go rest go take care of yourself you can stay on here and just keep talking just keep, keep talking <laughs> it was funny now that we're talking anyway i'll just say it and we don't have to answer it she was just like what about when you have friends who don't know how to have fun unless it's a really expensive activity like none of these hoes want to go to a fucking picnic and i thought it was Ew. the best message ever we'll talk yeah. about it later. yeah we will talk about it later but tldr shoot him in the head okay you okay. thanks for listening that guy thanks for listening this has been not for everyone um i don't support or endorse violence but i do 
Want to shoot him in the head? I don't know what else to say. That's just, <laughs> is this the intro or the outro? I'm Caroline. This you, is the outro, yeah. You, you, know, yeah. You, know, you know about it. We're online in the internet at jessicadebakey.com. No, 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 that's not it. Wait, is that a website we own, jessicadebakey.com? Oh, I should check with my dad. He bought me a lot of, uh, oh, God, a lot of URLs back in the day, yeah. He was like, just in case you're like famous later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I own carolineweekler.com, so to, if you're going to try and get it, you're shit out of luck. But um, there's nothing up there. <laughs> it's I just own it. Uh, wow, what's happening in this outro? Just base, on, just say Instagram. our Instagram. We're on Instagram. We are on Instagram. Not for everyone. Pod with a number four in there. Jessica Debakey is here, and I'm here. There. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Good day Bye. to you. <laughs> Shoot him in the head. Yes, I need to burp. Okay. I allow it. Yes. That was a cute burp. Thank you so much.